Turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, and you can start, uh, you can get to Proverbs chapter 22 as we begin this morning. Um, so this morning we're talking about riches, and uh, I know that uh, we struggle with the idea of riches and poverty. We, we're not sure what poverty is, we're not sure how rich you have to be to be titled rich, um, most of the time when you're poor, you want to be rich, or at least you don't like people that are rich. And uh, when you're rich, most of the time you think that people who are poor are lazy and you don't like them either. Um, and so you're kind of stuck on where am I and what should I be and uh, what is it that God desires for us? Hopefully uh, we'll be able to handle some of those frequently asked questions about riches this morning from the book of Proverbs. The first place I want to start this morning is in chapter 22, looking at verse 2. And this is what God's Word says. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. This verse gives us a, a super important foundational idea that helps us think through riches and poverty. Uh, when you see someone who is filthy rich, sometimes we look at them and we think they're almost godlike. You know who that is over there? That's so-and-so. Yeah, uh, maybe we should talk to him. Maybe I, I heard this last week that uh, Warren Buffett, some of you don't even know who Warren Buffett is, but if you did, you may not like him because he's filthy rich. And he sold lunch with himself. You know, they, it was an auction. I can't remember what they used it for. But someone paid millions of dollars to just have lunch with him, okay? And, and you can picture that. Why would somebody do that? Because they see in him something that would somehow be a celebrity and somehow his life is worth more than others. And sometimes we feel that way. But I want you to read this verse again. <laughs> what do the rich and poor have in common? How do they come together? The Lord is the maker of them all. When you see someone who has got great riches, you can know this one thing about them, that there's nothing different about them. You, have, you share a similar, uh, uh, the same maker with them. It's important to know this as well, in poverty as well. Sometimes we see people who are poor. We see people who are lazy. We see people who are homeless or maybe even strung out on drugs. We see people who have ruined their lives and sometimes we have a disdain for them that we, we push them away and we say, oh, they're worthless. But what does it say? The rich and the poor have this one thing in common, that they have a maker and that he is the same one that has made us as well. You're not better if you're richer for poor, Right? There's no sense of value that comes from riches or from poverty, but they come from us having a common maker. It's important to get that foundation as we consider um, riches. The second question I want to tackle this morning, um, it's how to get rich. How to get rich. And maybe you want to write these down. How do you get rich? We're not going to have like an infomercial or anything like that. You know, easy ways or something like that. But these are found in the book of Proverbs. 
Turn over to chapter 13, verse 11, so we can find out how to be rich or how to get rich. When I say how to get rich, uh, what's the next word that you want to put on there? Quick. Yeah, how to get rich quick. And and we like that idea, don't we? Um, I, I won't look for a show of hands of how many of us have gotten sucked into some kind of get rich quick scheme. But I want you to hear from the Word of God this morning. What does God say is the path to riches? Verse 11 says this, Wealth gained hastily, quick, will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Okay? Get this picture, little by little. It's this picture of of putting a little bit away, putting a little bit away, of working and then putting a little bit away and then putting a little away. That is the way to increase in wealth. You say, well, I know of this one guy who he did a get rich quick and it happened like that and he got wealthy and boom, there it was. How do you argue with that? I don't argue with that at all. All I know this is this is what God says. He says, if you desire to get rich, if you want to see the path, it is this little by little. The world may have its methods. It may be different ways, but this is what God has to say is wisdom for you and for me. Whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So what's the answer? How to get little by little. The gain in wealth is little by little. Number two, if you turn back over to chapter 22, verse 4. It says this, that the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. Did you get that? 22 verse 4, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. It's interesting to me that riches come from God. And once again, you're, you're saying in your mind, I know plenty of people who don't have a relationship with God that are extremely wealthy. Well, I want you to get this, okay? Riches, honor, and life. What does he picture there? He pictures that, that this is not just wealth, but it's the idea of richness of life. It, it's, it, we're going to get there, but it's the idea of the good kind of riches. It's the idea of having an abundance, not just in one area, but in, in the sense of living, of living. And where does that come out of? Humility and the fear of the Lord. We look at that, and I don't want you to miss this morning that you need a right relationship with God. If you're seeking to be rich or seeking to have the good life, apart from a relationship with Him, you'll be left wanting. You may gain all kinds of wealth. You may have things that other people dream of, and yet there'll be an emptiness in your heart. I think it shocks us when we see a celebrity take their life, don't we? You know, it's amazing to us because most of the time we, we look, we, we get in our mind, we say, okay, so they're popular, they're wealthy, they're usually beautiful or have some sense of 
a goodness in life that we don't have. And, and yet it leaves them without anything and they take their life and we go, why? Why? It's real simple. Because apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Father, with the Father through the Son, there's a sense of emptiness that doesn't, cannot be conquered by wealth. It can't be conquered by fame. It can't be conquered by anything. And it leaves us wanting and leaves us at a loss, a poverty that no money can conquer. So a right relationship with God. If you want to get rich, if you want to see that path of, of goodness in life, you need a relationship with Him. Number three, uh, this is how to get rich, okay? We got little by little, right relationship. The third one is generosity. Look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. It's interesting, most of, uh, a lot of Proverbs, I shouldn't say most, but many Proverbs we read and we go, that doesn't sound right. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't make sense. This may be one of them to you. Verse 24 it says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and suffers only want. You get that picture? He says through generosity. There, there's, a, there's a generosity that brings wealth, God's blessing back. I'm not trying to give you a health wealth a message this morning, but I know this, that God sees generosity. We'll get to the other as well. But generosity is what he calls his people to do. It's interesting, in our last five to ten years, we've gone through boom and bust, right? There's a sense where our economy was booming and everything was going up and then it kind of all fell apart and, and there was a sense of recession and a, a contraction. And you know what? There's been a contraction in some of our own hearts. There's been a sense where we we go, you know, um, I, I, I you know I sensed the, all these good times and I was generous and then it started impacting my life and so I can't be generous anymore. Hey, I want to tell you, generosity is from the Lord. Generosity is what He calls us to. As we see people and opportunities, it should thrill our hearts to be generous. And guess what? That's part of the Lord's blessing. As we're generous, He is generous with us. Even get the picture here, and this might be difficult. If you turn over to Proverbs 28, it's, we're to be generous. Um, and primarily, and I'd even say uh, we look for opportunities for this. Chapter 28, verse 8. And this may seem to contradict what we talked about last week in being lazy. But listen to this. Uh, whoever multiplies his wealth uh, by interest and profit gathers it up for him who is generous to the poor. Generous to the poor. We're to be generous. It should be our, you know, that that's, identifies us. We're always generous and specifically generous to the poor. Now, I want to I read this as it's not written, okay? I know that sounds weird, but I'm going to do it anyways. Whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the lazy. Is that what it says? It does not say to the lazy. 
Last week we talked about, and some of you cringed when I said it, is that God's intention is for laziness to bring pain to their own life. The lazy are to be in hard times. This is what God intends. And you're going, oh, that just sounds awful. Read the Proverbs. You see that he connects the dots. If you're lazy, you'll bring pain to your own life and the life of your family. We know this, don't we? You've experienced that, haven't you? I've experienced that in my own life where I have been lazy and I have suffered and so has my family because of what I have not done. Okay? The distinction here I want to make is this, to be generous to the poor. And, and you've got to be careful here, right? Uh, there are days to be generous to the lazy, as you see them uh, suffering and, and pulling them out and saying, here, let me help you help yourself. There are days for that. But the picture here is this, that there are some, there are many, I should even say, that poverty has come upon them because of the living in the sinful world and because of the circumstances of life. And he says, for those, generous to the poor. Generous to the poor. In fact, he lines up two people, doesn't he? He said there's one who uh, takes advantage of people, makes money, and then there's the other who gives out money. He's generous to the poor, and he says, I'm going to, you know, I don't want to say God's the ultimate Robin Hood, but what does he do? He takes from this person and hands it over to the one who is generous to the poor. That's what he's looking for, is for people who have generosity built into them. But that's what they look for. They're not looking to push all the wealth and all the resources back to themselves, to hold it close. But he's looking for those who are generous and generous to the poor. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. is how to get rich. This is what it says. A faithful man will abound with blessing, but whoever... Whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. He says faithfulness is part of the path to riches. What is faithfulness? It's the idea of showing up for work. It's the idea of of, of putting yourself to the task. It's the idea of keeping on going. Uh, These next two words, faithfulness and the next one, kind of have this idea of us getting out of bed and getting, making it happen, right? Of pushing ourselves. I, I want to tell you this, and I want to be careful uh, as I share this, and want to tell you that I don't say this flippantly, okay? We need to get out of bed. We need to get out of bed. The, and, and, you know, we don't need to ask the question. Don't ever ask this question. Don't ever ask this question. Should I get out of bed today? Don't ask the question. And you say, well, why shouldn't I ask that question? Because once we're laying there going, should I get out of bed? It becomes a discussion of whether you're going to get out of bed. Right? There's this, oh, and, and there may not be big enough reasons for you to answer that question. Let me just tell you the answer to the question. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. And then once you get out of bed, once you get out of bed, ask this question. What does God want me to do today? What are the tasks that are before me? Don't ever ask the second bad question. What is it that I want to do today? 
you know what? There may be days where you don't want to do anything, anything at all. And, and I, don't, I don't minimize that. I'm just saying that if we don't push ourselves to get out of bed, we won't. In time, we won't. And if we don't ask the question, what does God have for me today? What should I be doing? If we're looking for this inward motivation, many days it won't be there. And one day of doing nothing will turn into two, and two days will turn into a week and a month, and it'll turn into this wasted life. I want to tell you that that's the heart of man, to lay down and die. And so unless we push ourselves, unless we say, I will get out of bed, I I will do whatever God, even if I don't feel like it, I will push myself. And this picture of faithfulness and diligence. Faithfulness was the first word that I shared. And then diligence, the second one. Turn over to um, Proverbs 10, verse 4. I know this is hard. I know that for some this is extremely hard. Through being depressed and struggling with life's illnesses and uh, other things. The idea of getting out of bed sometimes is a super huge challenge. But I want to tell you, it's God's will for you. And it's his path to blessing. Chapter 10, verse 4 says this, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent. It's to be working and, and working at it and just getting after it. It's real interesting. Uh, I, I see a bunch of students here today. Guess what happens, students, when you study and work hard and you plan ahead, and you're after it, guess what happens? You get good grades. It kind of goes together. Uh, when, when you don't study, when you don't care about your homework, when you don't turn it in, guess bad things happen. Bad things happen. Bad things for you. Mom and dad don't like it much. You don't get to go on. You know, there, there's all kinds of Why? Because this is what God has set up. The slack hand it brings about a sense of poverty, a, a struggle. And what, what does the diligent hand do? The one that, that stays after it and continues to work hard? Real simple, riches. Riches come. We, we love to look uh, at, at different situations where we see people stumbling over riches. And immediately they, they have riches and we like, I'm going to stumble over those one day. I'm going to, my ship is going to finally come in, bringing the riches to my house. I have that uncle that I've never heard of, that I don't know about, that's somehow going to leave me all his treasure. It's not going to happen. It's not the path of riches that God has laid out for you. Faithfulness and diligence. Um. I've seen a picture of this, more than one, but uh, I've been thinking about it in the last day especially. Um, I've been thinking about my grandfather. Uh, yesterday, uh, my grandfather's passed away, but I, I got to go to my grandmother's 95th birthday. It was very fun. It was extremely fun to see her and to uh, think about her life. But as many, you would have uh, stories in your own family and possibly yourself uh, my grandparents, I don't know the whole story, but I know that um, way back when, my grandparents were a young, uh, young couple that wanted to get married, 
but my grandfather didn't have a job. Uh, growing up in the Depression, there weren't jobs, and so he moved from Iowa, as many moved from that area, and he moved out west. He uh, landed in Santa Barbara, and he got a job at the gas company digging ditches, okay? Because when you put in lines and everything, they need someone to dig the ditch, and that was my grandfather. So he got a job, and just after a short while when he had enough money, he sent for my grandmother. She came out with her grandmother. Parents weren't even there, and they got married in Santa Barbara. Well, my grandfather worked for the gas company, and he retired from the gas company. He was a ditch digger, and then he went to run the ditch digging crew, and then he ran a bigger crew, and then finally he didn't run the company or anything, but he had an office. He was a middle manager, and that's the company he retired from. We bought a house when my mom was in junior high, and that house is the house they lived in. It was a very small house, about a 1,000 square foot. Uh, him and his wife and their four kids, that's where they lived. And then... Uh, after he passed away, my grandmother sold that house in Santa Barbara and there, were a, there was a lot of money and now she lives in a nice place because my grandfather had practiced these principles. But there's one thing I want to tell you, one piece of the puzzle that I want you to see. And this is a super important one to remember at all times, at all times. And it comes from the scripture, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. This is, uh, apart from this peace, no one will get rich, okay? And in fact, if you're not rich today, uh, this is part of what is holding you back. And, and don't feel bad about this, but know this. Know this. this is super important for us to get. It's chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. The one piece of the puzzle that sometimes we forget over and over again is that we can work hard, we can plan well, we can be diligent and faithful, have a relationship with God, and that apart from God opening it up and blessing us with material wealth, it will not come. See, He is the one who controls those things. He is the one that blesses. And you say, well... How should that make give me any sense of comfort? What it should comfort you with is this, that he is in control all the time. That you may be in a time of poverty and he sees you and loves you. And just because he hasn't poured out those financial and material possessions on you does not mean that he is not in control. If you're struggling with your health today, guess what? It's not because he hates you but it's somehow part of his plan. We may not understand that. We may not say, well, why does one person blessed and the other not? How come some people have health and material wealth and other people do not? I, I don't know. I just know this, that the Lord is in control of all those things. One other thing I want to tell you is this. Many times material possessions and health are a source of pride many times. And, and when we are able to uh, amass any kind of wealth or even health, sometimes we, someone says, well, how did you get so wealthy? And you say, 
hard work, smarter. Uh, you know, other people weren't uh, as diligent, and I was a risk taker. And uh, while other people were doing this, I wasn't. And that's how I got all this wealth. The one piece that I want you to say is this. I, I worked hard. I tried. I, I was diligent. I, I walked with God. I, I tried all these things. But ultimately, He blessed me. He is the one who gives us anything that we have. And apart from His blessing... We will have nothing, nothing. That's how to get rich. is to find uh, a hard work, little by little, putting it away in relationship with God, to be generous, to be faithful, diligent, and then to see the Lord's blessing on your life. I also want to tell you a few other things. That's super important. Um, stay there in... Uh, Chapter 10, verse 22. Is that where we ended? Yes. Uh, chapter 10, verse 22. I want to show you something, and it's really important for us to see. There are two kinds of riches. There are two kinds of riches. And this is probably the reason we're struggling with this idea of riches, is because we see them as just one. There's just riches. But I, I want you to see this. Uh, chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Okay? Really think about those words, and he adds no sorrow with it. Flip over to chapter uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 18. It says this, Riches and honor are with me. Riches and honor are with me. It says wisdom is the idea of wisdom. and Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. Okay? Enduring wealth and righteousness. There are two kinds of wealth. There are two kinds of wealth. Wealth and riches that don't last, that don't last, and they bring headaches. And then there is wealth that comes from God, a blessing from Him that endures and there's not problems with it, okay? Which one do you want? You know, uh, you think about that and, and many of us know wealthy people who are miserable. Why? It's the wrong kind of wealth. It doesn't endure. They're afraid that it's going to blow away and it probably will. They're always fearful that someone's going to take advantage of them, that somehow it's going to be gone. And so they, they, uh, they push themselves away from society. They put gates and bigger gates and security systems and insurance policies. And they're always going, well, what if, what if, what if? And they're fearful. And their wealth doesn't bring about a freedom that it should. What does it bring? It brings about headaches. It brings about suspicions and the idea of what am I going to do? It's interesting to me uh, um, that I know some people who are financial planners. And when the market goes up, everyone's smiling, right? But when the market goes down, their phone is ringing off the hook. What are you going to do? What should we do? I don't know. What's going to happen? That's not riches. That's not the kind you want. 
the kind you want bring about the blessing of God to your life. And they endure not just because they're here today, but because it's part of the blessing of God on your life. So there are two kinds of riches. Be careful what you pursue. Be careful. I want to share with you a few um, bad ways to get rich. Bad ways to get rich. We've kind of already gone over these. Uh, chapter 28, a couple of verses there. Verse 8, chapter 28. Whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. The picture there is this of charging exorbitant interest because you have it and somebody else doesn't. It's the idea of taking advantage of those who are poor. In, in fact, you need to be careful that you would not sock it to someone with interest. But be careful the way you would be generous with them, especially those who are in need. If you skip down to, uh, in chapter 28, down to verse 22, it says this, A stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. It's the picture again of being cheap, of stingy. And sometimes in our culture, we love the idea of being cheap, being cheap. And there's a difference between being cheap and frugal. Uh, it makes me think of going to Costco, okay? You know the difference between being cheap and frugal? Ladies, you know the difference? The, if your husband is cheap, if, the, if your husband's frugal, he says, let's go out for dinner, and he buys the hot dog for $1.50 with the soda. If he's cheap, he says, let's go do all the tasters in Costco, okay? That's the difference between cheap and frugal, right? The picture here in Scripture is that there's a man who is stingy. And it's not because he's watching his pennies and considering and trying to be wise. It's that he's, he's always pulling to himself in greed and being stingy with others. You know, this is dangerous, isn't it? It's just negotiations, right? I, I'm just negotiating. You know what? There's days where you should overpay because you're in danger of being stingy with people. There's a time and a place where you get a good deal and you said, but I can get a better deal. Are, are you being wise, a good steward, or are you just being cheap and stingy? God says, I don't want you to be stingy. I want you to be generous. I know that's a tough one. We've already talked about this, but in chapter 22, uh, bad ways to get rich uh, is the oppression of the poor. Chapter 22, verse 16. Whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth or gives to the rich, will only come to poverty. He sets up this picture. It's very interesting. It's on the, the bottom and the top of life. And he says, 
a path to poverty. Uh, some people think the path to, to riches is getting in with rich people getting in with rich people. So you give to them. You act like you're generous and you you give to them, but you're wanting to buy their favor. And what happens? Poverty comes. Why? Because it's hard to play on that ball field, right? It's hard to impress rich people. And so we go over and above and over and above what God has blessed us with. And so now we're poor because we've given to rich and they're not impressed anyways. But also uh, through the oppression of the poor, you know, the, the, the poor are easy to take advantage of because when you have and they don't, they're in need and they're desperate. And so you have an opportunity there to oppress the poor. And he says, don't do it. Uh, don't do it. They, they both come to poverty. Why? Because the Lord sees. The Lord sees this. One more point that I want to give to you, and it's the limitation of riches. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. There's a limitation of riches. And, and I want us to hear this this morning because it's super important. Because I know that we're all tempted to one degree or another with riches. We want to be taken care of and taken care of well. But it's super important to keep this in perspective. Verse 28 says what? Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Those of us who live in Tehachapi, we know about green leaves, right? Green grass, beautiful plants. What do they take? Water, right? Uh, We're turning beautifully brown outside, right? We had those three beautiful days where the hills were green and then all of a sudden it just started browning up right away, right? You get the picture of a deadness of no life at all. And he says, but righteousness, the, the stuff that doesn't come from money is, is like the beautiful leaf that's green and supple, nourished and alive. But what, what is it? There's a limitation of riches. It says, whoever trusts in riches will fall. Are you trusting in your riches this morning? You say, I'm okay. You know, I I know everything's okay because I have insurance. I've got a policy for this, a policy for that. Life insurance, we're okay. We're good. We got it all taken care of. I, I you know, have this much equity in my home. I got this other account, a stock account. It's got this much in it. I'm good. My bank account, I, I know how much is in it, and it's enough. I'll, I'll be okay no matter what. Listen to the Word of God. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall. It, it's not trustworthy. It, it's not something we can bank on and say, I'm okay because my money is there. But there's a... a the idea of righteousness, that which comes through right living with him and in relationship with him. What does it say? It says a flourish, a flourish. Apart from riches, right? Apart from what you're bank, You should be greatly encouraged this morning that you may be overdrawn and underwater. But if you have a relationship with God, that's something you can trust in. You can, you can bank on. Your finances may not look so good, 
Uh, there may be some adjustments that you need to make and, and, and new ways of looking at that. that. That may all be true. But if you know and have a relationship with Him, you can be right because money is limited, but relationship with God is not. Last, I have a concluding verse. If you turn over to Proverbs chapter 30, and I think it summarizes uh, our thoughts on money this morning. As we look at wisdom, uh, this is wisdom for us. Verse 7 says this, Two things I ask of you, deny them, Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I become full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I become poor and steal and profane the name of my God. There's a spot for us, isn't there? place where God has provided what we needed and we see him as the blesser, but not so much that we forget him, that we forget him. And not a poverty either. We, we seek to be not in a place of poverty either where we would be tempted in our de- desperation to steal and forget that we have a Lord and forget that he is the one that we seek to honor here in this life. Hope that uh, as we have gone over this, that uh, we walk by the Spirit and He helps us sort out what we need to think about when it comes to the riches in this life. Let's pray. Father God, thank You for this morning. Thank You for the blessing of being before Your Word. Uh, God, we don't deserve that either. God, I pray that You would bless this church, um, both financially and more importantly, spiritually. God, I ask that You would... Uh, Keep us from making money our idol and seeking it above all else. But Lord, I also ask that you would keep us from being lazy and looking for somebody else to provide what you have equipped us and provided for us to go do as you've laid out life ahead of us. God, thank you for this congregation. Bless your church according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. You are dismissed.